0: Hey, what's up? My name is Rob Payne, and welcome to the Proof of Talent podcast, the show where we talk about everything related to the career journey in the blockchain, crypto and Web3 space. Today, we have a great episode lined up for you. It is with Lisa DeLuca, Senior Director of Engineering at Unstoppable Domains. And this is a wide ranging episode. We talk through a number of topics, both for people that are looking for their first opportunities or their next opportunities within the crypto industry, as well as Talent leaders and hiring managers within specific companies, because Lisa has has done both. She spent 16 plus years has an incredibly distinguished background uh, as an engineer, which you'll hear about a lot more in this episode. But 16 plus years at IBM, and went from working at one of the kind of oldest, most established technology companies to her first role within the Web3 space. So we talked about that, plus some of the challenges as well as some of the great parts about hiring, scaling, building, and working in the crypto industry. So a really enjoyable episode. You're going to love this one. Before we hop into it, if you are looking for your next opportunity within the crypto space, feel free to reach out to the Proof of Talent team. I'll put links below in the YouTube and podcast descriptions. And if you are scaling, growing your team, looking for that next key team member, we're happy to talk to you about how we can help you in that journey. We've helped 150 plus People find opportunities in 75 different companies or so, hire talent within the space. So would love to chat with you more about that. Also links below in the description if you are hiring. Okay, let's hop into this next episode. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to join the Proof of Talent podcast. Really appreciate it. And you're somebody with a really incredible and extensive background prior to joining the Web3 space. I would love to hear both kind of from, from two different parts. What your background was prior to joining Web3, and then the second portion of this question, what inspired you to, to join the industry?
1: Awesome. Yeah, so going way back, I grew up in Montana, kind of middle of nowhere. wasn't sure what I wanted to do as far as college goes, and I um, heard about Carnegie Mellon University. I loved being on a computer, kind of playing with computers as a kid. And I'm like, I'm not sure about this programming side, what does computer science mean? But I figured I'd take a, a leap of faith and I applied to the Carnegie Mellon Computer Science Program and got in and just kind of fell in love with it, especially from the internships that I was doing, It's like that real world experience of being a software engineer. I could picture my life in that like career outside of the regular, you know, coursework that is computer science. So I accepted a job after I graduated with IBM. And was there for 16 years. Crazy. But IBM so huge that I was able to kind of jump around to different groups. And it was like a whole new company, new technologies. I was constantly growing in, as myself in my career while being in that big company. And then yeah, pandemic hit. <laughs> Everything kind of got shook. I'm like, there's got to be more out there. And I ended up taking a role at a um, another e-commerce website. Kind of, kind of want to get back into that user and user experience. And um, when I left IBM and went to this other company, um, that's when another big company reached out and said, hey, we usually don't approach IBMers until they leave. And would you consider coming and working with us? And so I reached out to someone that I had known that worked at this big company. And I said, what do you think? And she happened to be Sandy Carter. She said, don't go work for them. Come work for me. Come <laughs> work with me at this Web3 company. And I was like, what is Web3? And I had to Google it. I'm like, oh, ah, what is this? And I went down the rabbit hole. And the more I learned about Web3 and this like promise of ownership and what it meant for us as users and consumers, it was the future. And to me, it kind of like gave me goosebumps. This is where I need to be. I need to be at the front lines of innovating what this future of the world is going to look like.
2: That's incredible. Yeah. And and, uh, obviously, extremely prolific background. I think you forgot to mention as well, too. um, You are the second most prolific female inventor in the world. You've had 800 patent applications, and 600 of those have been approved. Two author, two books of two children books that you've created, and I think the way we connected via LinkedIn, you you made a game like an NFT game, <laughs> um, and I thought that was super fascinating. I was like, I have to learn more about this person's background and and story in general. Um, and and shout out to Sandy Carter. I've connected with her a few times. She's awesome, represents the Unstoppable Domains brand in such an excellent way. I'd love to learn more about just what Unstoppable Domains is, what you guys are building, and kind of what the future is for for the brand.
1: Yeah, no, um, Unstoppable is, you know, we're on a mission. We're delivering user-owned digital identity to every person on the planet. And what that means, especially in the Web3 case, is You can start tracking ownership, right? Every experience, everything that makes you unique, it makes you you as a person. So, if you go to a live event, if you get that degree in computer science, whatever it happens to be, those things, those unique experiences make you you. And you can start to take those with you through your online experiences, whether you're collecting more tokens or NFTs, or if you're having those those unique experiences. So, that's what we're trying to do. And we use the domain name. So, lisa.x is mine. We use that as kind of the backpack of where you're putting in all of these experiences that you've gone through. And then you're taking that with you to these new de- decentralized applications and say, hey, here, look, at I'm part of this other community. Or here's all the things I've done in the past, which then can be used to help make your experience unique. So you can have you know, more personalization and more um, experiences that are unlocked for you just from all those experiences you had in the past.
0: I'm curious on your end, as somebody who had... 16 plus years, I think, at IBM and making a jump to a company like Unstoppable Domains, which is not the smallest of startups, but still a a young startup nonetheless. Uh, What did you look at? What did you evaluate when you were coming into this journey? Like, what I know you said you kind of dove down the rabbit hole. Like, what was the rabbit hole for you in, in evaluating the opportunity with Unstoppable Domains?
1: Yeah, the number one thing for me was the chance to innovate, right? Going back to the patent side of things, a lot of what I've always done is look at products that you're launching, you're bringing to market, and how can you um, differentiate from all the competition that's out there? And I saw just a big open field of opportunity with Web3. There's so much to innovate because it's new. And we were just talking before we started the podcast, like this week flew by. This is the most fun I've ever had in my career because every day, is different, and there's always some unique challenges that you you know don't normally get with the regular day to day of Web two.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think that's why we all join the industry at the end of the day. There's this beautiful wave of um, just like transformation of technology that we've never seen before. Especially for me, um, definitely like wasn't there for you know um, you know the wave one and wave two of the internet. And I I think, you know, from that, too, we're seeing a whole new generation of engineers evolving into the space, too. And I know that's a domain that you lead within Unstoppable um, at a very high level. I'd love to learn more about just your team, your team structure and and kind of how you started to, to build your team in general.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of common skills, especially on developers, uh, between Web 2 and Web 3. Ultimately, you're still doing some front-end experience development. You're still doing back-end development. Now we're throwing into the mix some blockchains, some smart contract development. But in general, it's a very common set of you know, requirements and skills that you're looking for when you're starting to build out a team. So with anything, whether it's Web 2 or Web 3, I'm looking for people that are asking why, that are self-starters, that are out there saying, I'm going to go explore, create a proof of concept, something easy that I can explain to others, and then get your feedback. So, when we were doing some interviews, the people that stood out to me weren't, they didn't have to have Web3 experience because it is kind of a new space. But the ones that said, hey, you know, I was exploring or I bought a domain and I started playing with my profile, I didn't get far, or these are my questions that I have. Someone who was willing to kick the tires a little bit, um, but didn't have to be fully in Web3 were the people that stood out over the competitors.
0: Yeah, it's great, great insight. And I think something that we, talk about a lot is like going above and beyond in the interview process is always helpful and doing something you know it's as simple as using the company's product that you're interviewing with something that makes a lot of sense and being able to to you know intelligently chat through that i'm curious on on your end if you have any other specific advice if if i'm a web2 engineer right now, and I want to make a move into web three, what type of advice or, or specific guidance might you give that you think would help that person to successfully make a move into this space?
1: Yeah, you know, follow people like Remington, right? Go on LinkedIn, go on Twitter, find what they're talking about. can um, it develop your network without actually being in the space. So as you're starting to follow people, you'll see the big news topics that are coming out and a quick read even of the headlines will help put you ahead. And as far as like, what's the news? What's what's the hot topics that people are trying to explore and the challenges that we're trying to solve? Um, I think that's a general, doesn't matter if you're an engineer, product, marketing, legal, whatever you happen to be, that is a great way to just learn the industry itself is is getting involved in social. Um, As far as development, like, go write a smart contract. I, I know, Remington's found me from my little game that I was creating on the side. But I also created some generative NFT collections and there's so many tutorials out there. Google what you're looking for. You know, I want to I want to make an NFT collection. What is that like? And then do it. Like go through a simple example, follow those tutorials and you'll learn a lot just from getting your hands dirty as opposed to just um, saying you don't have the experience. Make yourself have the experience.
2: Yeah, it's a self starter mentality. And I think that's what we say to everyone across the board, whether you're an engineer and marketing, like, you have to play with the technology, you need to be building something on chain. And I think Unstoppable Domains has some really fun integrations and products as well, too, which I think makes it a lot easier versus like an MEV product, which is extremely technical. So starting to come into the space with something that's not super, you know, deeply technical, and just getting that familiarity. I guess, uh, what are some of the key qualities and attributes that you look for when you're looking to hire engineers for your team?
1: Yeah, definitely that stealth starter mentality. People who are trying new things. Um, you don't have to be in the web three space. We already talked about that, right? Someone who's willing to just learn anything on their own. Um, I do look for people that are have the side projects in a life outside of work because every unique experience makes you different. And that difference makes our products stronger. So, um, you know, we hired someone who loved music and just like his way of thinking about the music industry and how NFTs could impact the music industry brought in a perspective not everyone else was thinking about. So yeah, be (laughs) you. Another way, just discovery in general is because Web3 is so new, it's hard to find new projects that might be interesting is look at the integrations between different companies. So for us, We've got about 900 uh, partners and in live integrations, and you can see them on our website. So you can sort by DeFi, gaming, NFT collections, and that's a good way of just discovering what's out there to start getting your hands dirty and playing with with the solutions. And if you are interviewing with a company, look at their who their competitors are too, and play with the competitors mm-hmm. as well. And that way, you can see you know how what you can bring to the table that might be a unique perspective.
0: Yeah, that's that's great insight and. One thing that I'm curious on as well, because your background is interesting in a whole variety of respects, but you come from IBM and established companies like that. And something we see sometimes with certain hire managers and companies is they are hesitant to hire somebody from a background at a large company into a startup because they think that those individuals could not like mesh into the organization Clearly you have, you've been at Unstoppable now for over a year, you've been promoted. What type of advice would you have for somebody trying to move from a large company, maybe who's only ever worked at a large company into a startup, um, both in terms of maybe getting that role and then also adjusting well into that space?
1: You know, I think one thing that helped me, because I know that was a concern looking at my resume, is like a big enterprise tech, How, how can she handle the fast moving startup atmosphere it really is like even if you're at a big company you can still do startup stuff there's all sorts of um, entrepreneurial opportunities where people can do startups within their bigger company and then making sure that's reflected on your resume that you're continuing to innovate or maybe it's I launched a product in six months making sure you can show that speed and that is reflective of not the a typical, you know, bias that large companies are a lot of process and it's slow, and you're not able to move as quickly as a startup needs you to do. So you can use some terminology to show that you're still moving fast and innovating while at that larger company.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely a great point. I- I can't even imagine, yeah, coming from such a large company and then going to something that's so scrappy, so lean. And um, you got you to be ready to, to make those adjustments for sure. I'm curious, you know, this market being in Web3 is so much different than the Web2 world. It's extremely volatile. Things are constantly changing and everyone's facing different challenges. Talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges you face, you know, scaling the team at, at Unstoppable and, and just in general, how'd you overcome those as well?
1: You know, we never had a shortage of people applying for our jobs, and I, I'm thankful for it. I'm not sure if our recruiting team was just awesome, but there was always a great pipeline of people that were interested. I'd say just like in the Web2 space, our challenges were more around diverse candidates, getting more women and people of color to come and actually apply to these roles. And a lot of that is you know, going out and encouraging people to take a risk and come over to Web3 you know, tapping my own network, asking people, hey, are you looking for a new opportunity? I think you do great here. Um, that side of things is always a challenge. But in general, we didn't really have any issues in attracting top talent and kind of keeping them around, keeping them engaged.
0: Have you found anything that's been particularly helpful, like you said, in terms of attracting or appealing to diverse talent pools from gender or racial backgrounds, you know, whatever it may be?
1: For us, we are a uh, global company, and we're all remote. And I think that hits a lot of different demographics and people that you know want that freedom. They want to work from home. They don't want the you know typical bro culture that you hear of Web three. You don't want to feel like you have to be in an office and go out for drinks every night. So I do think that appeals to a wider group of people than if you had an office, a home base where everyone needs to come into. Um, and then we did a lot with uh, hackathons, just getting people. Excited Mm -hmm. about what we're doing. We've got, um, we launched the uh, Unstoppable Women of Web3. So, highlighting other females that are in the Web3 space and recognizing them to give people someone to look up to and show that there are diverse people within Web3. And I think that really does help to just show folks that um, this isn't just your stereotypical type of engineer.
2: I think it's a great tactic and shout out to Wow3. I know you guys have done some stuff with crypto tech women. Gigi's awesome and, and what she's doing and for her community as well. I, I'm curious, how do we attract more diverse backgrounds into the space? I feel like that's a very big challenge right now. There's not, not enough people that look like me and, and also yourself <laughs> in the space and in executive leadership. How do we change that? Giving a face to it, right? The
1: fact that you're doing this podcast and we're you know recognizing people in WoW 3 I think that goes a long ways and then continuing to share what we're doing and pulling people in you know putting a face to the the different face I think Web 3 is an awesome place for diversity because it is it has a little bit of that anonymous side of it where it's like anybody can come and play you don't you don't even have to have your real name associated with it it's like what's your character what do you want to be online and um I think that that does a, a lot in making people feel comfortable and being who they want to be versus who they were born to be.
0: Yeah, those are really interesting kind of topics. to There's a, there's a lot you go into, but I, I do really agree that I think, at least in my opinion, that there's, and obviously, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds. I think that the fact, like you said, that people can be. Kind of who they want within the industry, and there's a lot of anonymous friends that I have within the industry. I have no idea if they're a man, woman, any you know they're they're a cat online basically. Like I I don't know their background, Um, and I I feel like people more so in this industry than others, or at least others that I particularly operated in in the past care more so about what you can do personally and professionally than maybe who you are, which is just nice. Um, I don't know if it's always going to stay that way. And obviously there's a lot we can improve upon. But I think that is like, to me, one of the more endearing elements of of the industry is just the acceptance of people for what they bring to the table rather than maybe who they are as an individual. Yeah,
1: no, I love that. And that's one of the things that kind of drew me to Web3 in general and just the story behind crypto and crypto wallets and you know those countries where women couldn't even have a bank account. And now they're able to, be monetizing Mm. their own goods and selling their products. And um, I I love that side that you don't necessarily see in Web2. Yeah.
2: I mean, you see like the actual use cases and applications of things like crypto too. It's actually not heavily done in the United States. It's actually in those diverse countries that are underbanked, underserved. And I think that's been actually beautiful to see. And what continues to drive passion for me is like, hey, this is a technology that's actually creating economic freedom for other cultures that didn't have that. So I I think that's amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I thought that was really interesting to ask is, you know, how you see identity playing a role in the future of hiring?
1: It'll be if if things are Uh, transparent, they're provable through blockchain experiences, then you can add trust to the resumes that you're receiving, right? So when you get a certain degree, when you get a certification, all of that can be backed by the institutes that are issuing that badge, that NFT, that award. And I think that it's going to help us to improve the candidate pool and be able to compare without that bias for who the people are, their background, their gender. Instead, you can compare like what's their actual achievements and what have they done in the past that stand out for this particular role. So I think identity is going to play a huge role. It already is. um, And it's really that blockchain technology that's making it possible.
0: You had touched a little bit on the benefits of remote work and appealing to a more broad set of talent. It's an interesting time at this point, because I feel like for the past two or three years, remote work was all the rage. And for whatever reason, over the past few months, now the conversation is remote work is dying and and everybody back into the office again. What are your like honest, genuine thoughts on managing a team as a remote technical leader?
1: I love remote work. I've worked remotely for all of my career, except for one year. And I was able to innovate, move quickly as an engineering manager. It's all transparent. You can see GitHub contributions. You can see how people are if they're showing up for meetings, if they're coming to the stand-ups, if they're actually delivering on the code they're delivering on, I do think it's a benefit to see people every now and then to have that personal touch, like getting everyone together for a conference or something once a year so that they're more than just a talking head. But I think the freedom of working from home and being able to save time that you otherwise would have spent commuting or getting ready for work is um, just part of us being human, and I hope it doesn't go away.
0: Thanks. Uh, it's not going away for us. at Proof of talent. <laughs> I, I hope not for a lot of companies. It is from, from a, from a working standpoint, I echo everything you, you say. I, I used to commute for like the first 10 years of my career. And if I ever have to hop on a bus for an hour again, each way, I'm just, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. But then even like you had said earlier too, like the, the talent pool is so much wider when you can go outside of, San Francisco or New York city or Miami or whatever it is. And you can look from, you know, San Francisco to Montana and to Nevada or wherever it might be. Like there's talent everywhere now. And it's so distributed. I just think it like broadens the scope of the available, the availability pool by, by so much.
2: I think to like build off of that too, like I'm, um st- still like very new to the remote work. And I think beyond like the actual flexibility for teams, thinking about the actual skills that you're building too. For me, it's been discipline and accountability, um, showing up like no one else is telling me to to work, you know, no one, no one is, you know, pinning me all day. And so um, I think that's been beautiful for as an entrepreneur and just professional to like gain those skills and show up for the team even stronger.
1: Yeah, I love that. And for me personally, um, I'm a mom, I have two sets of twins and being a working mother, it's like I wanted to be there for some moments, right? And it's just having that freedom to know I can go pick my kids up from school and, you know, I'm still putting in my work day, but I'm able to also be there for the moments of my kids. Uh, breastfeeding was really important to me and there is no way i could have continued that while commuting into an office because pumping is the worst (laughs) so it's like that like quick five minute break feed your kid give them back to the nanny whatever that happens to be is something you just can't offer if you're not allowing people to be remote
0: yeah it definitely from like an inclusivity standpoint certainly helps on on that avenue of things i think you know, that's, it's, there's, there's a lot that's great, but that's, that's one area I think where it's, it's, it's really hard to argue any, any type of, of convenience being in the office for, for that situation. Mm -hmm. When you're looking right now to, in terms of the future of the industry, you joined, I think at at a really interesting time, looking back at, it it looks like February, 2022, if if LinkedIn is, is correct. And that's kind of, in some cases, I guess, the, the tail end of peak mania of, of 2022 and 2021. What's that been like on on your end, like seeing maybe the, kind of the end of the craziness and, and where we are now, which is maybe not as, as crazy of a time. And there's, there's some different kind of sentiment and outlook by people about Web3. Like, how, how has that been for you?
1: It's been a roller coaster of fun. <laughs> it's like you get really excited about something and then, oh, let's get excited about something else. And it's, it's the constant innovation cycle, right? We're innovating. It's like we're shifting, we're pivoting, we're trying something new and maybe something's not sticking or the whole industry is shifting a little bit. So let's focus on some new area or aspect of it. Um, I think that's what's making Web3 fun, frankly, is just the, the constant pivoting. It's
2: definitely overwhelming as well, too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: there's, there's
2: it takes a certain headlines. personality, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's not just like identity, right? It's it's DeFi, it's metaverse, it's fashion entertainment. Like every single aspect of the world is touching this, this space, touching the blockchain, which I think is exciting. And, and like Rob said, I mean, I, I got in at the very peak. Board apes were going for millions of dollars. It was a very overwhelming time for me, someone that was never in tech. But honestly, being in this bear market, though it's really allowed us all to to connect and build like incredible products to connect with great leaders that are actually here for the long term how do you how do you see the the future of like web 3 going into q3 and q4 of 2023
1: yeah you know i think you hit on it and that is community that is my favorite unexpected part of web 3 i wasn't you know it's like these people out of nowhere are excited about what you're doing. They're cheering you on. They want to see you be successful. They've got ideas on how your product should shift and what you could do better, what you could do differently. Um, I think that kind of um, removing the middleman of communicating, getting that feedback has been so much fun. Really great to see. It's also also, uh, a challenge because you have to think about what is the noise? What do I actually build? How do I stay focused on the longer term strategy? And for us, it's, it is identity. It always has been identity. It will continue to be identity. And we're building out what we believe is the future of that user-owned digital identity. So lots of fun features we've got. We announced messaging, so P2P messaging, but beyond just what you can do with the Twitter DMs of the world, but being able to target messages based on token holders, right? people who have who have common similarities to you. Mm. Um, we're doubling down on those kind of integrations as as well as building out those profile pages. The badges, people are building their own badges, setting up their own little micro communities of people they want to talk to you about certain topics. And uh, um, it's just a lot of fun. And it's it's cool to see we I mean, I can't even tell you what our roadmap looks like in a year, because who knows what a year is going to look like from now. But we've got <laughs> so much to build between now and then.
0: Yeah, the funny thing too, like as, as you mentioned and, and Remy did too, is is kind of like the noise. And when you compare now to a year ago or two years ago, the you see people talking on Twitter or LinkedIn and they're like, building in the bear market is the best. And part of me is like, shut up, it's not. I, I, see my, I see what my wallet looks like right now versus last year and it's not the same. But the other part is there is a lot less noise and it is kind of nice when you have the as like the real believers of what you're doing still sticking around and the people that are just like truly truly passionate versus the you know, the tourists of this space i guess you might say and every bull and bus cycle that kind of comes through you have just these new entrance of people and some leave and some stay and then they become your your active users and and The great part about the industry too, like you said, is, you know, everything is kind of based upon the idea of ownership. And I think that's why you get so much more product feedback and you get so much more engagement and like you build an actual community because there are individuals who actually have ownership over the things that are occurring. And that just gives so much more buy-in and so much more like skin in the game to these individuals because they're excited about what's being built versus... I'm paying for a service for $10 a month or whatever it might be, but I have no impact on anything and I don't own anything either.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. And even the NFT communities, the ones that are bringing extra value are the ones that are more successful than just like, this is pretty art. It's like, what are those in real life experiences or what is that next level of engagement and personalization that you can get? Um, One thing I like about the bear market right now is the fact that that barrier to entry to participate is kind of lower, that you're seeing more um, you know, lower dollar amounts to get started, right? More of the tokens for like poops and participation and people giving them away as kind of that certificate of proof that you did something. Um, the soulbound tokens. I love that concept of just mm. tying it to you as an individual versus buying and selling and reselling.
2: Yeah, I think there's some key key innovations that have been developed over the past few months and, and we'll continue to. I, I think Uniswap just launched their V4, which is, is massive for the space. Like we're seeing so much product being shipped, which is really awesome. Um, I think right now too, it's a good time to like really dial in on your brand. And I'd love to like pick your brand on that too. Like you guys have really created a strong brand like that people want to represent and be behind. Um, you know, how, how did you guys go about like really dialing in on like your values and, and just culture in
1: general? No, I can't take credit for that one, <laughs> but I, it was one of the things that drew me to Unstoppable, right? Is just exactly that. Um, at first, I was like, I don't know about unstoppable domains, like thinking in the web two space, domains sounds like you're hosting a website, and how, how does that all play together with identity? Um, but The more I'm around it, the more it makes sense is it's like it's your name and you're owning it and it doesn't necessarily have to resolve a website. A lot of people do put a website related to it. But I think the word association with domains was very smart because it gets people excited about, you know, owning a name Um, and they're used to what Web2 domain stands for as far as like getting your brand and protecting your brand. So um, kudos to the team for coming up with that.
0: As we finish up today, I would be interested in knowing what your maybe favorite memory in the past like year and a half in the space has been. It could be company related, personal related to the industry. i'm I'm curious like what's been the most memorable thing that's happened to you over this time.
1: I have so many good memories. We're constantly launching products internally. It's been a lot of fun. I went to um, Consensus last year and got to go to the CoinDesk dinner, and that was a pretty good uh, intro to me to the crypto world. And just they were talking about kind of the the fire. Everything's on fire. Uh, that was their main theme: is that there's things are constantly changing, and um, everyone is expecting it. It's like people in this industry know that there's going to be some learning curves. There's going to be innovation. There's still that product market fit and trying to find and attract users. And how do you create a better user interface and onboard more people? So I think that was the eye-opening thing for me is the fact that we still, we're not there yet, right? When you talk about the technology with technology terms, we're not there, right? Um, a great example is Uber. When was the last time we went in Uber and asked if like what cloud service they were running on? You don't care. You just want to get to your destination. But in web three, we're just still talking about what blockchain, what chain are you using, like what's the smart contract look like? And as soon as we shift to pivot to the use cases that it's solving, that's when we know we made it. And the wider web two audience, everybody is on web three.
2: That's that's awesome. And And it's been really cool to see the smartest people in the world are leaving whatever they used to do, whether it was TradFi or Web2 tech in general, and entering Web3 to come and build the future. People like yourself, right? Genuine executives that are looking to change the future. And so just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Proof of Talent podcast. Such a great and wonderful conversation. And I'm stoked to continue watching Unstoppable Domains grow in the space.
1: Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And all your listeners, reach out to me. I want to grow my web-free community. I'd so, <laughs> love to connect with everyone.
0: <laughs> we'll definitely put links to your uh, you know, profiles in the YouTube and podcast description. So if anybody wants to reach out to Lisa, uh, certainly feel free to do so. And Lisa, again, thank you so much for taking the time. It was awesome to hear About your background, what you've done so far at Unstoppable Domains, and excited to see what you do in the future.
1: Thanks, guys.